Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, Justin Trudeau promises billions in funding for the provinces to hire more doctors. We're going to eliminate the backlog that has been building for years and reduce wait times for you and your family. We'll immediately invest $6 billion on top of the $4 billion we already committed in Budget 2021 to ensure that provinces and territories can make this happen. The Conservatives request an investigation into a social media video shared by Christia Freeland. Division, misleading people, importing American-style media manipulation to our campaign with, within the first 10 days. And the latest polls show the Liberals and the Conservatives neck and neck. Canadians aren't interested in, you know, a slapdash, quick trip to a majority for Justin Trudeau. They want a race. They want uh, this to be interesting. It's Tuesday, August 24th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top stories from the campaign trail this morning. We're joined by Susan Delacorte, columnist for the Toronto Star. Susan, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Mark. So let's talk about where we stand in this election campaign so far. Uh, there, There have been a number of polls out in the last few days, and I know it's early. It's just under four weeks to go until Election Day. So there's lots of time and many things can change. And often that is what happens during a campaign. But it's safe to say, I think, that it's not going well for the Liberals at the moment. They they're neck and neck with the Conservatives. And the NDP is rising, which can be a bad thing for Justin Trudeau as well. Yeah, this is not the campaign that the Liberals envisioned, I would say. Uh, you know, all the expectations were that that uh, the Liberals had such a comfortable lead in the polls that this would be more of a, you know, let's, uh, let's get this short campaign over and get a majority and get back into office for four years. It's not looking like that is... Um, a reasonable prospect right now, but as you say, many things can change. What the polls show, and the repeated polls show, at the very least, is that um, Canadians aren't interested in in uh, you know a slapdash um, quick trip to a majority for Justin Trudeau. They want a race. They want uh, this to be interesting. We all want this to be interesting. So. Um, I would say there's, there's probably a lot of thinking going on at uh, Liberal campaign headquarters right now about whether the trend is moving against them or whether this is a blip. But certainly you are seeing um, Liberals, uh, certainly on social media, um, but also behind the scenes starting to talk about, you know, what are what's, what's missing here, what's going wrong. Yeah, and I, I think we're also seeing some signs of of early desperation from the liberals and uh they're they're bringing up some of the the issues that they use to attack conservatives typically in election campaigns issue like issues like abortion and and uh health care uh and and let's talk about this this clip that was shared by christia freeland uh, who was deputy prime minister in the previous government now a liberal candidate uh, and uh, the reaction to it. The Conservatives are calling for an investigation. You've written about this tweet, and mm-hmm. and uh, what do you think it shows? Yes, this is a pretty standard thing that parties do in the middle of campaigns, is try to do find a gotcha moment from a leader's previous speech and send it out. The problem was that the video that was 
edited uh, and sent out in, in Christopher Freeland's name shows Aaron O'Toole just say, simply saying he's in favor of private health care. It doesn't have the context in there that he went on to say that he favors private and public, a, a partnership between them. So, you know, taking things out of context is a time-honored political tradition. Sure. Uh, it's not like the, the Liberals pioneered something with this tweet. And, uh, you know, it is true that uh, that Twitter has stamped a warning label on it, uh, the same kind that they were stamping on Donald Trump uh, before he got kicked off the medium. But it's the, that warning stamp appears under a tweet from Christopher Freeland. Um, my problem with uh, with this tactic, and and I blame both parties who have done it before, uh, is using ministers and serious people to do these little hack attack jobs on their rivals. I think it's a spending of political capital that isn't necessary. I think, you know, we saw it in the 2015 campaign when they put up Chris Alexander, a very serious person, to do a barbaric cultural barbaric cultural practices hotline. And I, it, it just, I think there's a low road always in a campaign and there's a high road. And you don't put ministers on the low road. You know, the, um, you don't put your top team players doing sort of silly antics against somebody else. And I think that was the lesson from this tweet. I'm not sure that Christopher Freeland's reputation is going to be permanently damaged by this, but I, you wonder why would they do that to her? Yeah. And, and does it suggest that they're, you know, again, it's early, but does it suggest they're worried that they're resorting to these tactics? I, I, am, I am absolutely sure they're worried. I'm not sure they wouldn't have done this anyway, though. Mm. Uh, it's What has been remarkable to me is the way the Liberal campaign is unrolling pretty textbook style. And we have not been in textbook political territory for quite some time. They, their pace at which they, they've been rolling things out, the fact that they've delayed their platform... It is a very standard campaign for very non-standard times, and I think that may be what people are picking up on. Is 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 it feels a little too casual and too rehearsed and too scripted this campaign of the Liberals, and it has not been able to answer the question: Why are we having an election campaign? And yeah. um, I think I think that's that's going to continue to haunt them. I do believe we are going to see a different phase of this campaign after Labor Day. Right. And that's usually the case in in all kinds of elections. We saw in 2015, it was a very, very long campaign. It was sort of, you know, hobbling along. Certainly Justin Trudeau as the third party then was hobbling along, but suddenly things changed in September. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, to, to make any assessments about way things are going right now, um, as a predictor of what's going to happen on September 20th, it's probably dangerous. What we do know is that the Conservatives are having a good campaign for them, uh, as best as they can be expecting right now. They've, they've got a platform out. They've been able to fend off the usual brand of attacks from Liberals quite effectively, actually. That, And, and you wonder how many times you can go to the well anyway on on scaring people away from the Conservatives before it starts to... Um, you know, liberals have been doing this for many elections now. 
Yeah. So let's talk about healthcare, which has come up as a big issue in the last couple of days, including in this attack on Aaron O'Toole. But O'Toole is is making promises about healthcare. The Liberals yesterday uh, talked about giving billions of dollars to the provinces to hire more doctors. Uh, is that becoming a theme in this campaign? Yes. You would think that during a pandemic election, health care should be an issue, and it has been on our minds, on Canadians' minds, for almost two years now. And uh, this is a conversation where we have to have, even though there's only so much the federal government can do to fix health care. It is a provincial responsibility. Throwing money at it, uh, which you see the provinces do from time to time, um, actually all the time, I, I think we are going to have a conversation about this, but I'm not sure that there is a huge divide between any of the political parties on the need for to spend more on health care. Everybody's agreed on that. And uh, there's no big policy debate on where it's best spent. I, I guess the, the major difference between liberals and conservatives would be the conditions on it. I think you, you would see liberals or New Democrats put more conditions on the money that goes to provinces for health care, whereas conservatives have been saying pretty consistently, we will give the provinces a lot of money and they can do with it what they, they want. Right. So um, I, I think it'll be a big feature of the leaders' debates when they start happening. Again, that's in, in September. But um, it, it's more of a... I, I, I don't think it's an ideological debate, much as the Liberals and Conservatives would like to see it, and New Democrats would like to see it that way, as much as it is as who's going to spend the most. Finally, we should talk quickly uh, before we wrap up, Susan, about a meeting that's happening today. This is getting back to the business of government rather than the campaign, but uh, the Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, will be part of a uh, a virtual meeting of, of leaders talking about the situation in Afghanistan. Tell us more about that. Yeah, this is a very big meeting, and you saw uh, President Joe Biden, who is certainly under the most pressure at this meeting. Uh, they're, they're discussing, as I understand it, <clears throat> several things about the unfolding disaster there. One chief on the list is, uh, will the U.S. extend its deadline for leaving Afghanistan past August 31st to get more people out? And then all the countries in the G7 have varying stakes in in how much they're doing to get refugees out and, and get people out of Afghanistan and where they're going to be resettled. So uh, you, you're going to see um, Trudeau talking to, um, to his counterparts in G7 about, you know, coordinated efforts to get, to get people out. But I, it's unclear to me whether Trudeau is, pushing Biden to extend the deadline either. I guess we'll hear more about that today. The, the relationship between Trudeau and Biden is, is has been tested in all kinds of ways, and this may be another one. Hmm. But um, I, I, I guess we're going to hear about this at the end of the day. It's, it's, the Prime Minister is doing an early event in Hamilton, I take it, this morning, and then he's uh, putting on his Prime Minister's hat and probably dealing with Afghanistan for the rest of the day. All right, Susan, we'll see what today brings. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks, Mark. That's Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star. Division, misleading people, importing American-style media manipulation to our campaign with, within the first 10 days. 
Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In McLean's, Andrew McDougall considers the kinds of mistakes winning campaigns don't make. McDougall writes, Misdirected or misfiring liberal attacks are quickly becoming a thing in this election. First, it was Justin Trudeau's vaccine position for the public service. Then Christia Freeland became the first Canadian politician slapped down by Twitter for sharing manipulated media. It will be interesting to watch the numbers as the Liberals go low. If things don't perk up, the party may find itself in a position where they have to destroy the little brand village they've created since 2015 in order to save it. At ctvnews.ca, Tom Mulcair argues Aaron O'Toole has knocked Justin Trudeau off his stride. Mulcair writes, When you're in power and you get to choose the date of the election, you're not supposed to be last out of the starting blocks. But over the weekend, the tortoise, Aaron O'Toole, was trudging straight ahead as Justin Trudeau's hair chose to take most of the weekend off. A sympathetic understanding of the opioid crisis one day, a strong overture to unions the next, it's hard to know what else O'Toole has up his sleeve. In the early going of this campaign, he's knocked Trudeau off his stride, and it's starting to show in the polls. In the Montreal Gazette, L. Ian MacDonald argues events may be conspiring against the Liberal leader. MacDonald writes, The Liberals could not have foreseen that only three days before the election call, the chief public health officer would declare the arrival of the fourth wave. Other events are also more compelling than the campaign, notably the Western wildfires at home and abroad, the recapture of power by the Taliban in Afghanistan. In all, no wonder polling numbers at the end of the first week had the Liberals slipping out of majority territory. Now, here's what's coming up on the campaign trail today. Liberal leader Justin Trudeau will make an announcement in Hamilton, Ontario. Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole will make an announcement in Ottawa before holding virtual town halls with Quebec and British Columbia residents. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will make an announcement in Mississauga, Ontario. He will also meet with local candidates in Hamilton. Green Party leader Annamie Paul will hold a news conference and go canvassing in Toronto. And Bloc Québécois leader Yves-François Blanchet will hold news conferences in Pont Rouge and Wendake, Quebec. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Tuesday, August the 24th. Tune in to CPAC and CPAC.ca throughout the day today for coverage of the federal election campaign. And join me for Have Your Say every weekday on CPAC at 12 Eastern Time. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.